What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Streaming tonight, only on Disney+. Plus. If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Before we get into today's show, we have to take a moment to celebrate and reflect because this week is not like every other week. After months of waiting, R-H-O-N-J is back in our lives. And if you can't get enough R-H-O-N-J, we have something else to celebrate. We have a brand new podcast in the game. That's right, the one, the only, Miss Melissa Gorga. Melissa Gorga has a brand new podcast aptly titled On Display. It's so refreshing to hear her sit down with her celebrity friends and have real in-depth conversations with them. Melissa's had on so many of the guests you guys love listening to here. Brad Goreski, Lala Kent, Snooki. You also get a rare in-depth look behind the scenes at her life as she talks about being the cool mom, entrepreneurship, shout out Envy, treating yourself, fashion, and of course, any and all of the Bravo drama. So grab yourself a glass of wine and a sprinkle cookie and listen to Melissa Gorga's On Display anywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, on with today's show. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Chris Baker. Hey, how are you? How are you? What is going on? How is life in LA today? Life is good. It's finally warming up again. I uh, I got my puppy right here sleeping to the side and he's not going to bark, I hope. So I think we're we're doing really good today. Listen, if he barks, that's okay. We we allow that. We allow <laughs> screaming 
babies. We allow barking dogs. We allow everything here today. The work from home lifestyle. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad that it's warm there because I'm in New York and it's literally disgusting and freezing and we're having a snowstorm in two days. And it's just, it's, it's a winter here, my friend. Yeah. Come out and visit. My parents are uh, in New York as well. And so are my sister and my whole family. And they're, they're just like, I was like, oh my God, it's 60 degrees today. And they were like, we hate, we hate you. We hate you. You are originally from the Upper East Side, right? I am. Yes. In Manhattan. So you grew up on the Upper East Side and the city. I did. Yeah. was, um, uh, very, uh, gossip girl, cruel intentions, but without any of the fun, I was, I, I just was buried in my head in extracurriculars and like a good little gay boy was just trying to get the best grades and make sure no one was mad at me or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just going to say that sounds very gossip girl of you. And I have a lot of friends that grew up on the Upper East Side and they're just like, they have stories to tell, but yeah, it was, I mean, they made it seem a lot more glamorous than it, than for me it was. But I found out many years later that all of these kids were doing drugs and going into rehab and being abandoned by their parents and having all these parties in New Jersey or something. And, and I was just like, oh, really? I, well, I wasn't invited to any of that. <laughs> so. I totally get it. I was a gay boy in Connecticut and I, same thing. I was like, I'm just going to bury myself in my studies to like avoid life at the moment. And yeah. look at us now connecting. Look at how we're doing. This is, this is I, I prefer our path. I prefer our path. You and me both. We, we <laughs> didn't peak in high school. No, thank God. So even though you were from New York, you figured like, I want to be, I'm serious about this acting, writing thing. I want to move out to LA. That's my path. Yes. Uh, the, the best thing about this movie is that I think the, uh, is that it really could have taken place anywhere. And, but I think that I was brought out here originally because I was in a band and, uh, we were doing shows out here a lot and it was really fun and crazy, but then I fell back into improv and I studied film in college. And so it was always, I was always going to end up here. What type of music was your band? (laughs) was um how do I describe it it was very like ooh, uh like like tovlo kind of like a like dance pop with some rock and yeah it was around 2013 and and that's when that whole EDM craze was like kind of cresting you know and uh we were trying to ride that wave I love it. I, 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 I could picture all of this. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to talk about this movie, The Estate. But before we get there for a second, you know, were you ever in, because I know you were in like The Catch. I read your IMDb and that was a yeah. great show, by the way. That was a it great was a good show. show. I played a Mormon who joins an orgy. Yeah, that was really, that was, that was fun. On well, ABC. <laughs> well, they describe, right, on, on ABC, but like Shondaland, like who doesn't love Shondaland? No, it's impossible not to like those shows. Scandal to me was one of the best shows that's like ever existed in the history of television. And I'm still that person that watches Grey's Anatomy. So there you go. You and all my girlfriends. I, 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 I'm intimidated because I think there, it's just so much. So the time commitment, I feel like I could have invested at like the beginning of COVID, but now unless this goes on for another two years, I feel like I just can't commit myself to whatever 17 season is, is or something. It's a lot. And like, I'm such a purist with TV shows. I'm like, no, you cannot start. Like friends always ask me, can I just start? And I'm like, no, you you cannot start 
you know. I agree, but on the other side of that, it's bad because a lot of times people are like, well, the first three seasons are awful, but right now, boy, is it good. And you're like, well, what do I do with that information? And the, can I read recaps? And they're like, no, you have to start from the beginning. So Right, you're like, please, please don't tell me that. Yeah. I feel like, no, but I feel like with the estate, you know, like 2021, 2022, like, you know, Chris Baker's kind of having a moment in Hollywood, right? Yes. Like the estate, which I wrote and starred in, which is available on Hulu right now, which we are so excited about. Um, it's finally on a streamer. It was in theaters for like a hot minute, but now it's on Hulu and we're just over the moon. So, yeah. So I saw it and I thought it was great, but just for a second, humor the audience and tell us what it's about for those who haven't seen it. Um, it's about a bunch of rich people killing each other for their inheritance. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, naughty gay sex and blood and some very inappropriate humor because they're all horrible people. And uh, it's a really wild, fun 90 minutes. Yeah. Where did you, because I got like a Cruel Intentions vibe from this a little bit. Like Yes, yeah. wild things. Uh, there's some John Waters in there. There, You know, we really, we really took all of these influences that we really loved. And uh, uh, the director of the film, James Kapner, and our producers and everyone came together and just really just wanted to make such an entertaining ride, you know. So where did this idea come from? I mean, I grew up <laughs> on the Upper East Side, but you know, this, where did uh, this It is not from? based on a true story. <laughs> um, uh, it's actually, well, it's loosely based on, on Erica Girardi and Tom Girardi. Um, but no, I, that was a bad joke. I feel like it was just always something that when I thought about where we are in the culture, it seems like people are less and less religious and people really are religious about politics almost, but I didn't, I didn't really want to touch politics. Uh, I try, I did that with a web series and, and I was like, it feels very dated now. Those things just kind of don't have the perennial quality. And I think the thing that people, no matter who you are, whatever race or class you are, whatever, the thing that you worship is money. And the thing that everyone expects uh, and respects is money. Poor people res respect money, rich people respect money. And what would people do in this day and age, in this economy, in this world for money and fame and recognition? It, it, there isn't much people wouldn't do when, when you're not you know, well upstairs. I totally agree. I, that's why I love this. These are the topics I love talking about. Like I know <laughs> it's true. I always talk about like fame is like the most addicting drug of all. And like, yeah. you know, if you take like a hundred people that don't have money and say, you have a choice, you want fame or money. Like I think 99.9% .9 will say money. And then you have a bunch of people with money that will say, I want fame. Well, that's easy. You, of course you want fame because it's the one thing you can't buy. Yeah. It's, I, I, these uh, topics are so interesting to me. It's really wild. And, and I think that the, the way that people feel right now um, about the economy, you know, people just keep saying like the stock market's going crazy and we actually avoided a recession with COVID. And, and yet all I see is for lease signs and everybody seems to be like, why don't we still have healthcare? And people are still dealing with closures and working from home and being sad about that and childcare. And to me, it's like, well, if you were offered this opportunity and this really sexy guy came along and told you, well, I could kill the person that could give you all your money. I don't know. I think a lot of people would say yes. And that's what this movie explores. 
It's so interesting. Now, did you see my face light up when you said like this was loosely based on Eric and Tom? I was like, <laughs> I'm glad that that my my Bravo humor is uh, is agreeing with you, because, and you're my target audience, so that's good. I, I am the target audience for this this movie. Being a writer and like director and actor, like I mean, why this? You know what I mean? Like, have you had like scripts that you are like, God, this is so good, and you know, and someone's just like, right. pass, pass, you know, this, and then were you shocked? And also, like, did you part question like when they're like, no, th this is the one we want? Well, I I had written several screenplays. I I honestly don't know how many before, but it wasn't like a ton. Um, but there was something about I wrote it in 2019 and. Um, I was very bitter about a certain professional kind of fallout and I just went nuts. And my longtime collaborators uh, told me that my director and, and the lead producer, they were like, write the movie that you would want to see. And I just remember seeing these movies like Cruel Intentions and Wild Things and other movies from the late 90s and early 2000s that were thrillers, but that had this campiness to it and people used sex to get what they wanted and just did things that you would never do and say things that you would never say and that there was almost a perverse quality that that yielded such entertainment and joy out of that and so for me it was just kind of this release to write a really fun fucked up a great movie that I would want to see in theaters that just isn't made anymore and so when I sent it to them, they thankfully were like, oh my God, this is nuts, we're in. And that's how it sort of went. You know, when we sent it to different other producers and financiers and the actors, the, the reaction was either, oh my God, what is wrong with you? Like never speak to me again and, and there's something wrong with you. Or, oh my God, this is exactly my style of humor. This is exactly what I love and I am in, I am all in. And so those, to me, that's art, you know, having such, such an extreme reaction. Uh, it was really kind of gratifying. Yeah. And there were people that were just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, this is sick. Yes. Which a lot of critics feel, <laughs> but we don't, you know, uh, there are a lot of, you know, for lack of a better word, straight bro critics that really didn't get the movie and, but they don't get camp and, and that's, and that's okay. The people who enjoy it and love it, they are ride or dies, which is exactly what this was all about. That's exactly what we want. Did yeah. you know you were going to play George? Like when you wrote it, like, did you write that part for yourself? Yes. I was open obviously to what, you know, to getting the movie made. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a performer first and, um, I am, I imagined myself in the role as I was writing the dialogue, but the idea that um, someone else would play it, I think might've broken my heart. But if this big star were to come along and be like, I'm going to play George, I would never have gotten in their way. The thing that I, you know, I'm sure, you know, as well as I do is that there are no gay movie stars. There are no out gay movies, male movie stars who can open a movie and that can command some huge budget that would have helped us. You know, we're all sort of unproven quantities right now. I mean, they're, they're, they're on hit TV shows and, or they're on streaming films, but a film like ours that opened in theaters, you know, as an independent film, there's just no, we're still in the early stages of what I hope is a movement where all of these uh, queer filmmakers and queer performers can finally get the starring roles instead of being relegated to the side. And that's, that's a very exciting prospect. 
That is exciting. If you weren't going to be in this, like just someone said, you can't be you. Did you have someone in mind for George if it wasn't going to be you? No. But uh, I would I I would be open. You know, I uh, I would have been open to suggestions. Sure. (laughs) And you do have a point like you think of like American Horror Story or like, right, there's a lot of great roles on TV for like great actors that are doing great work. But you think of like opening a movie to like a blockbuster uh, the podcasters can't, can't, the listeners, can't, I'm holding up a zero, You're holding with, up my, a zero. With, with my hand. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. And I, and I think that it's really time that that changed. It is. Yeah. As a writer, like, do you, this is what I really don't know that answer to this question. Like, do you get, how involved in casting do you get? I read with the actors, um, but I was not necessarily involved with casting. Um, but it was nice to be in the casting sessions and, read the dialogue with the actors. Um, the search for Joe, who plays the hitman, who uh, seduces both my stepmother, played by Liza Coop, and me, was, it took the longest. And the benefit of being the writer and, and also sort of knowing the character and this, the kind of look of the guy that I had in my head when I wrote it and reading with each guy uh, was that I was really, I knew what I wanted to feel in the scene. And when Greg Finley, our, our Joe, uh, we did a Zoom audition, even though it was before COVID. <laughs> he lives in Maine. Um, we did a Zoom audition and I was shaking when the scene was over. And, I was, and he, it's this scene where he makes me strip for him. And I was in this little office in Burbank uh, with the director and the producers and the casting director behind me. And he was yelling at me and ordering me to strip. And I literally did, (laughs) even though I didn't have to. It was such a commanding, powerful, erotic performance that it was just very clear that this was our guy. And I'm glad that I was sort of there to experience that rather than just show up on set and be like, oh, this is him you know <laughs> wow so yeah. did you did you get a say like even though you weren't really in casting like after you read with someone did you get to weigh in seeking the truth never gets old introducing june's journey the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery join june parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s with new chapters added every week the excitement never ends Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price price line do you guys do what i do every january first you think about the year prior of all the things you didn't accomplish that you wanted to then you make a bunch of new year's resolutions and as soon as you break them you feel bad about yourself are you in your own mind the way i was 
Well, get out of your mind. Let me tell you, therapy can help you learn to be kinder and gentler to yourself and help you move forward. I have to tell you guys about Talkspace. Talkspace has been a miracle for me. First of all, they match you with a licensed therapist that you can connect with not only from your computer, but from your phone anywhere on the go. I also love that Talkspace focuses on your schedule. They fit your schedule, not the other way around. With live chat, video, and audio sessions, you could easily fit mental health into your daily routine. I also love that your information is extremely private and it's just between you and your therapist. Listen, Talkspace can help you with anything, anxiety, depression, self-doubt. Make your mental health more than just another New Year's resolution with Talkspace. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code VELVET at signup. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code VELVET. Sometimes I, I think that we honestly just kept for that particular role. It was just kind of obvious, you know, and uh, with Eliza, uh, who was on Happy Endings and she's on this new show, Pivoting uh, on Fox, I, you know, when she and I met uh, in person, she didn't read for the role. She's, you know, she's a big TV star. Um, when she just sat down and we just started talking, we got along so well that the chemistry from anyone from like 10 miles away could see that we had this thing, this crackling thing and working with her and how funny she is and how funny she made me in every situation was just such a gift. And so in that case too, it was just really obvious. I so know, I know you're a pop culture junkie. Did you watch, cause she was on Scrubs too. Like, did you watch yes. Scrubs or Happy Endings? I did watch I mean... Scrubs. I watched every episode of Happy Endings so many times. It's like, for me, it was the new friends. So it was I, I believe it was, it was brilliant. And, and I think it really holds up too. And uh, all, that entire cast was just, I mean, lightning in a bottle. So good and so funny. So funny. I think it was like one of the best shows ever. Yeah, really. it really was. And, and I, I, I remember that, that she said, oh, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but like they were trying to reboot it and get it back up and running and everything. But everyone on the show was just so busy doing other things and they're really popular creating shows or being in movies and stuff that it's hard to get that many people that are having such great success all come together and have their schedules all aligned and everything, you know? Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. interesting. Well, maybe, maybe it will happen. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe now that you brought it up and put it out to the world, maybe someone will listen to this and say, <laughs> let's just, you know, bit sesh can wait a week. Let's get Casey Wilson on the phone I today. Think so. I think so. They can do it from her trailer. Definitely. Just do it from the trailer. What about Heather Matarazzo? Like, did you watch like Welcome to the Dollhouse? And like so Heather? many times. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think I got the DVD of that movie because I read about it in a book and I was, I was buying DVDs and Blu-rays of movies that I definitely shouldn't have been uh, when I was in like middle school and high school, just because I, I was just a film lover from a very young age. And she has such a specific look and a vibe that uh, when our casting director, uh, Donna Morong, cast her in The Princess Diaries like a grillion years ago. And I remember her in that movie so well. And the fact that she used that sort of long history to bring her in and send her the script and the fact that Heather got the script so well, she's doing really well. She's in the new Scream movie as well. So we're just really happy that she was able to do this role. It was really fun to have her. 
she was great in this role too. Yeah. So now let's talk about someone else who was in the movie. Yeah. Let's talk about Miss Lala Kent. Let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it, it. baby. <laughs> Did you read with Lala? I mean, you're like, was that all building up just so you could talk about Lala? I know. I really do. I'm love... very happy to talk about Lala. Oh my God. I love, I love my Eliza. I love Heather. I love everyone in the movie. Love yeah. you. But let's just talk about Lala. You Did you get you... into it? We got to get into it. Did you read with her? Or I like... did. Uh, no, I didn't read with her. She would not read. Um, but she was, we sent her the script and she actually read the script and she called us the next day. She did a, a video call with us the next day. And she was like, this is awesome. Like, I'm totally, I totally want to play your sister. Like I am in, you guys are perverts. Like, I love it. And we were so happy. And she came on set and she wanted to say like on what kind of slutty things she would wear. She, for, for the audience, she plays a, a cam girl, an OnlyFans type girl. And uh, she wanted to choose her thong and choose her top that would reveal her midriff and uh, the extensions that we put in her hair and the makeup and everything. She was perfect. And she did all her own stunts. She has a fight scene with us with a dildo and it is just wild to watch. And she did all of her own stuff. It was great. When you send it out to like a lolly, do you, you know, say we would like you to read like when, you know, when you get a, like, I'm not reading for this. Like, well, I think I don't remember the exact timeline, but I do think that it was the director's idea to have her because his wife which, and I talked to her all the time about Bravo. She was like, you know who should play this? Lala Kent. <laughs> and as soon as uh, James said that, I was like, yes. Well, I don't know if she would do it though. And I'd heard that she was in some other thrillers and crazy movies that weren't out yet, but she was doing acting roles of different sizes. And this was a pretty manageable role and it was two days on set. And so we felt like, you know, if she could fit it into her schedule, you know, she would do it. And yeah, I, we wrote her, I think, a cover letter and saying how much we loved her in the show over the years. And um, so she was just very receptive. Yeah, that's how, it, I think that's how it went, yeah. So no one ever gets like, get over yourself, honey. Like, what do you mean you're not gonna read for this? And you know. No, I think with certain people, uh, their reps just kind of say like, she doesn't read or he doesn't read. It's just a straight offer. And, that, and with certain roles, you can't do that. You just have to hear the language you have to hear it and feel it um but uh with her it was we kind of know she's perfect for this <laughs> i mean like once you hear then you're like who else would play this role right yeah strangling me with her ass hanging out her her just beautiful ass it was really great um one of the things that happened uh on set which was really fun which uh i guess i i, I guess i can share was that uh she uh kept asking everyone on set like if they'd gotten this done or this done or this she asked me about my lips and I have my my lips are natural but they're large and she was like who did your lips and I it was probably the biggest compliment I've ever received from anyone in my entire and I was like they're natural she's like they're perfect <laughs> so I will I hope that it can go on my tombstone that Lala likes my lips that's a pretty <laughs> big compliment yeah what about was, I mean, she was only there for two days. Like did Randall ever pop by the set? Yeah. Randall did not pop up on set, but I believe that she, he gave her the green lights, you know, like he, I'm sure had a say in, you know, 
what projects she did and she would ask his advice because of the success that he had. And um, I, I imagine that he, you know, gave the okay. Yeah. Now I know you're a huge Bravo fan. The biggest. I'm not as big as you, but yeah, really, really, really big. Yeah. Well, I've turned it into a job, so I have no excuse now. Like this is just (laughs) no, and I joke about that. Like I have had Susan Lucci on this podcast, Fran Drescher. I mean, we've had Suzanne Summers, like actual icons. And let me tell you, nobody. It's people care, but they would rather listen to you know someone who's been off the housewives for 10 years and was fired and is back to say something. So yeah, <laughs> regardless of what I want in life anymore, the people listening to this, that's what they want. That's what they want. We got to give it to them. We got to give it to them, but you are a huge Bravo fan. Are you, are you shocked? Like that Lala and Randall broke up? No, not because I know anything, but no. And I, I feel like, what I know about reality TV show romances and kind of realizing how much to show of your relationship on camera and how much to not and all those different things from all different angles that are coming at you. I, I think it's a miracle if any couple stays together, frankly, uh, if, if they're committing themselves to that. Kind of, right? Yeah. Would you ever, I mean, I know that you got married. You're a married I man I did in now. September, four weeks before the movie opened in theaters. That was, that was kind of an insane month. Yeah, I got married in September. Did you plan it that way? Like where you wanted to get married? No, COVID just kept delaying both. <laughs> then I think even though Delta was, was doing its thing, I think there was a moment in uh, the middle of the summer where everyone was like, is this going to end? Should we just go for it? And for both things, it was like, yes. So, yeah. Did you, if someone came and knocked on your door and said, listen, you know, you're moving up in the Hollywood ranks, you know, you have your (laughs) husband now. We haven't really had like a gay, you know, like newlyweds in a long time. No. uh, And I, I, you know, my husband thankfully does nothing uh, in the world of, of TV or film or music or anything entertainment related, which is, which is actually really nice. Um, even though when I come home, you know, from a callback or something and I'm, I knew it d- doesn't go well, or if a meeting is pushed or whatever about a new script of mine or something, he's just like, well, why would they, why would they postpone it? Or like, why wouldn't they want you? And, I, and I'm just like, oh, you know, how, how beautifully naive, <laughs> um, I, I think in general, uh, gay relationships, gay dating in LA and New York and in the coastal, you know, or, or just in the big cities um, is really hard. And so we, we try and protect our relationship as much as we can. And I love talking about him, but, I, but usually he doesn't like me talking about him too much, but um, our wedding was, uh, written about in several so I guess I I, I you know we, we put ourselves out there hopefully the right amount yeah and not like Lala and Randall or you know like uh like Lisa Hodgstein and Dr. Hodgstein you know <laughs> I think there are degrees you know what I mean you gotta you gotta find that fine line so that would be a no to you and your husband appearing on a reality tv show about yourselves no I I would I have to be honest and I I would I would kill it on a reality show. I would, I would die. I, I think the number one show that I'd want to be on is Summer House, but um, I would, I would wreak havoc on, on a show, which would be great for viewers. I, d- I just know it in my bones. I just know it. 
but you he, just, would, he would not be in it. No. <laughs> you just know what to do, right? Like you would yeah. just know what to do. Yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. And you got to be quick witted and like, you know, all that improv training and, you know, being on set. I, I think a lot of the best people that are housewives were actors. I, I think Kyle and Lisa Rinna and uh, Erica, and you know, I, I miss, um, you know, the other Richard sisters, but I, I think in general, um, it really lends itself very well. It, it really does to, to reality because it's kind a performance. Of. Yeah. I always say that, like, you know, I loved Melrose Place. It was literally everything to me. And like, this yes. is just the role that Rena was meant to play. This is, this is it. There's nothing better. And she knows it too. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think that that's why they're so protective of those opportunities because Kathy Hilton or like Mary Cosby, they don't need the show. So like they can get, take it or leave it. The desperate ones, you know, where you can feel it emanating off of them, like Lisa Barlow, where like they would jump off the Golden Gate Bridge if they couldn't be on TV every week. They will fight and do whatever it takes to stay on that show. So for me, that is entertaining. That kind of desperation is fascinating to me. It's yeah. fascinating, right? Because it's really like you just have to put this show above everything. Whether you and think you have to, put, yeah, it. friendships. You have to start shit that you, you also will know that you have no control over finishing. You know, and you and I and I I find that a lot of times it's Gladiator too. I mean, that's why I think a lot more straight people are starting to get on board with the Housewives because they realize that it's like a sports game. Uh, I don't, you know, sports with players and teams, but like <laughs> it's, you're in the arena and you're battling it out with rumors and comebacks and stuff. And that is, that's just very primal. That's why the shows work the way they do when they're at their best. Yeah. Really. And I think, cause you know, I talked to a lot of ex housewives every time someone's a one season wonder, it's always the same story. It's always like, I came and it was like my real life. And I'm like, sweetie, nobody cares about your real life. Like, no. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. More people are shopping online than ever, and that means a lot more orders coming in that online sellers like yourselves need to ship out fast. ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. I can't tell you how freaking disorganized I was before I had ShipStation. No matter where you're selling from, Amazon, Etsy, your own website, what do you think I used to ship out the Behind the Velvet Rope merch? ShipStation funnels all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere. Even your cell phone. Ship more in less time. Just use my offer code VELVET to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in VELVET. That's ShipStation.com, offer code VELVET. Make ship happen. 
On Wondery's podcast, Even the Rich, co-hosts Brooke and Arisha share the stories behind some of the most famous and infamous celebrities in history, from Queen Madonna to Britney Spears to the Kardashians. And in an all-new season, they investigate the shocking kidnapping of heiress Patty Hearst. This show is part history. I've learned a lot about Patty Hearst that I didn't know. Part comedy, part gossip, and completely fascinating. And if you want more Brooke and Arisha in your life, they're the perfect guides to give you your daily dose of celebrity gossip on Rich and Daily. Man, and we have a lot going on in the celebrity world. I mean, Britney versus Jamie Lynn uh, is literally, I didn't see this one coming and I cannot get enough. Brooke and Arisha cover it. And really, I love their new season of Rich and Daily where they talk about the Patty Hearst case. Listen to Even the Rich, Patty Hearst, and Rich and Daily on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, or you can listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. I love you. You're like, right. Like you're a very nice human being. This is a compliment, but no, you have to really stick your head in the fire and know how to do that. Except the insurrection and and a couple of other things, you know, I feel like you just, you have to, I mean, for Bravo, you have to be like just South of that. (laughs) Like you have to be a terrible person, but just beneath cancellation. Um, where, where trolls and, or, or just the Twitter mob won't come after you. Um, even when the Twitter mob is doing, you know, their due diligence. Yeah. And you have to be like crazy, but not certifiably crazy that it's a diagnosis. Cause then you get canceled. These are the ones that just south of the straitjacket, right? You have me like Jen Shaw. I would love to see her medicine cabinet because I think she every day wakes up and just puts a bunch of pills in her hand and has no idea what they are and just picks three of them and just we'll see how the day goes. That is literally the vibe that she puts out. And I, I am obsessed. (laughs) Are you like, what's your favorite franchise? Like, are you just loving Salt Lake? Like what's your favorite? Beverly Hills. I think Beverly Hills is my favorite overall because I think the, I think the fact that the history of Hollywood and the money and the vistas just lends itself more, even though their style uh, clothing wise is, is, can be just as hideous as, as the other people. Roni was the best when it had Bethany in my opinion, but ever since Bethany left for the second time, um, I, I think they got to start all over. I, I love Leah in that in, you know, running naked and throwing tiki torches in the pool, but she, kind of, you know, really messed up that whole opportunity with season two. And I, I think that it's, uh, it's just, I, they should start from square one. Like and just find like- younger women. I think and maybe younger women who are desperate, who understand social media, who kind of have, um, who have that desperation that, and also understand, I think a lot of Queens on drag race right now were raised on drag race. And so a lot of times maybe sometimes not in the the most interesting way, but sometimes in the best way, they know how to play for the cameras. They know how to make moments with their outfits and stuff. And I think that maybe younger people, I'm not ageist at all. I think Ramona and Luann and Sonia should be on every Ultimate Girls trip at like for, for infinity, just keep putting them in different resort destinations around the globe making people cry like I I just absolutely love that but for Roni itself I think to have a chance just hire all new people it's New York City 
hire some bitchy gays too, because there, there are some married gays in New York who, who can start shit too. I, I think that we're, I, I love that it's um, women in their forties. And so maybe they should be in their early forties and like, they're like out for blood. I think that would be great. And you like the idea of like a diverse, like bring some gay men on as actual yeah. housewives. Yeah, I think that um, it's, it's really weird what's happening on Salt Lake City right now um, that, you know, a black housewife and a Vietnamese American housewife turned out to be incredibly racist, both on camera and off. And I, I, I think that there have to be no matter who you choose, there have to be certain people that are crazy, but not like that hateful and that misguided. So, uh, you know, we just got to We just got to dig a little deeper and search a little harder. And those crazy people that are great for entertainment, but actually aren't truly, you know, wrongheaded about, you know, like the Holocaust and stuff. I, I, I think that that shouldn't be too tall of an order. It shouldn't be. I just I'm so shocked at like even The Bachelor, like how we have these situations you know, I don't know. Do we need to hire like 16 year old hackers? Like someone, I, that's, that's what I think. I think you need to hire really young they might have. teenagers that, yeah. right. You might've found this, but they I don't might know. have found them. But I think that there's, there are certain things that I feel like every, you know, background check or whatever. Uh, I, I think there might, I choose to believe that there are things that they do know and that they think will create moments like the firestorm that's happening on social media right now about Jenny or about Mary um, is good for the show because it means that everyone's talking about it. So in that respect, they kind of, they can have it both ways. They can fire them as soon as people find out about it, you know, but in the meantime, they have great TV in store for people. So you know, I, I, I have a problem with them getting a paycheck if they have these views or, you know, and I and I, I really I think that there's a possibility with certain people about their views. I think they've tried with Ramona a lot to do this <laughs> um, where they pop, hopefully have the capacity to learn on camera. That would be really great, I think, for people to see. Um, but I for certain people there, they are lost causes. So I are you shocked that Jenny's fired? I mean, cause she's gone. I was hoping I didn't see all of the posts, but you know, I read about them and, and I saw a few and they were truly shocking. I do feel like there's something of value to keep someone on camera and answer for what they have endorsed rather than banish them and sort of solidify their beliefs and give them a pathway to Fox News. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like you, you, and right now she's saying I'm a persecuted Republican. And that's just a song and dance that they know really well. And that sucks, you know, that that's their, those snowflakes are turning this into a cottage industry of canceled people. So I, I, I would rather that they reckon with it, but everybody has to make their own decision. And I think it is a case by case basis, but it, it feels kind of random. It really and, well, it feels random. Do you think it's like itself? This is no shade, but do you think it's self-serving? Look, we're both in the business. We know how it works. Do you yeah. think it's self-serving in the sense that, look, you fired 
Jax technically and Stassi and Kristen. And now yeah. we have a season of Vanderpump Rules, which I don't think this was anyone's favorite season of Vanderpump Rules. I'm not sure about the future of Vanderpump well, Rules. Well, uh, talk about I, I could talk about Vanderpump Rules as well. But yeah, I, I, I agree with you uh, a lot. Yeah. And so like that happens, right? And then it's like a bad season and oh my God. So now it's like, a, you're going to fire Jenny because one season, I mean, she wasn't like a breakout star, but no, you didn't she fire was not, Catherine. She was not creating enough drama either. Right. Yeah. And so like you have Catherine Dennis that has this situation. And I mean, we're not firing Catherine Dennis from, you know, from Southern Charm. She's right. not. She learned about it on camera, to your point. And Ramona, I mean, I, I hate to break everyone's, Ramona and Luann are coming back. I just let me break that news here today. I assumed as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, again, I would love for them to be at different places in the Caribbean or at Dorinda's house um, on Ultimate Girl Strip. But if if they feel like they know too much or that they have too much of a relationship with Bravo and Bravo still feels like they need some anchors on that franchise to survive instead of just leaving it off the air for a year while they just really retool it and lengthen out the casting process. I don't know. So, I mean, do you think that's like kind of picking and choosing like, okay, we're keeping Ramona. Cause it's, it's obviously picking and choosing by definition. Yeah. It, and I don't think that um, it's not right or wrong. It's just how things shake out. Yeah. What were you going to say about Vanderpump Rules? I thought it was the best show on TV when it started. I think it, it was like the new Friends, but also the new Melrose Place, like married together. Um, these people that actually knew each other, that were actually friends, that were actually all having sex with each other. A lot of times on camera or like just, you know, with a door shut. Totally. Um, and being completely naked, just a true geriatric millennial shit show <laughs> and I that I just love that I ate that I ate that up and then now it's a bunch of people living in the valley complaining about who invited who to their birthday party and like having credit card problems like I, I don't know it's not it's not it's gonna be a no for me dog yeah it's kind of the biggest, I agree with all of that. Like, I can't believe, like, it, it was my favorite show by, I'm like, this is literally the best show that's ever existed on Bravo and literally the history of Bravo. It's yes. unbelievable. Genius. And now it's like, I mean, I will not not watch because there's yeah. La La, but I, it's, it's hard to watch. I literally do a hundred other things at the same time. And I'm like, oh wait, Vanderpump Rules, I'm supposed to be watching this. Yeah, it's a show that now you leave on while you go take a shower. Like, I mean, you know, if, if you're in a coma and it's on the TV in your hospital bed, I guess you won't turn it off. It's not that bad. But I mean, there, there, are, there are certain shows that I feel like reach such a peak and they either need massive change or they're just going to continue. Because what I think will happen is like, they may feel like, oh, shit we really read this whole season wrong and we didn't start enough drama or we didn't bring in the right people for the producers and a cast and they do much better next season, which could happen, you, you know? Think. Or I do mean, you think they're going to Lucy Lucy, Apple Juicy to defrauding hundreds of millions of dollars from burn victims and God knows what else. So you never know how people's lives are going to shake out too. So there's, a, there's an argument for weathering the storm and a not great season into possibly some truly real drama that will just shake everyone to the core you want you want Vanderpump to come back at least for one more season yeah I think that I think I think they they 
they've earned that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you have a favorite show? Like, what do you like outside of Bravo? Like what, rea- like reality or non-reality? Oh God. Well, it's probably the only show you don't talk about uh, on Bravo, but my husband and I got into Below Deck and boy, are we, we I are love- all in. I've we had watch, many people we, yeah. from Below Deck here on this spot. Like, I, I like, now I have different so seasons. Th- this this season is great, I think. This season is great. Love, Frazier. Love, Jake. Like, really? my husband knows, like, if Jake was, like, to be, like, you're the one, I'd be, like, yep, okay. I, he's he's entering our marriage. He's going to be an Arthur Ruffle. Like, I love Jake. Um, also, Kate Chastain, who, you know, left the show. And Hannah, those chief stews but particularly Kate Chastain, she was like the Bethany of the sea. She was so quick and so funny. I think she is, no one talks about her enough. And I feel like everyone who actually knows about her, they totally agree. Like she is a godsend for reality TV. She's below deck. Listen, it's highly rated for some reason, right? Oh yeah, no, no, no. Like, well, that's because it's, it's it's, it's straight people watch it and older people love it and it's a great thing. It's like the Yellowstone of Bravo. Like it's just this thing that not a lot of people are talking about, but every like everyone's watching. Yeah, it's a real. And you would choose Summer House right now if you could go on any show. I would choose Summer House, yes, because I honestly feel like I would be, I could be best friends with all those people, and I would just really love to be around Carl and Kyle all day and Luke. Just great eye candy, you know. I we we could like all wear matching white jeans together I, I i would just love i just love partying with them they seem like as many mistakes as they make in their relationships or whatever they seem like genuinely cool people like people who can hang you know what i mean yeah i love that i think maybe because it was such a slow burn and like like at bravo well i loved it from the beginning i know you that I, yeah i, I love the twins <laughs> I mean, no one loved the twins um i'm happy that they're gone i think the page and Hannah that came that sort of replaced them and Danielle that that made the show better it really did because I think they it needed did. a crew um but yeah and I I love Amanda too no I, I mean a lot of people give Amanda shit but like Kyle and Carl are the key to that show they really are what if you had to just choose one Kyle or Carl Carl uh Carl Kyle it depends on the day depends really on the day. yeah who did who you-, you choose I mean, I like Kyle. Uh, yeah, good. I mean, I just listen. I mean, yeah, Kyle and Amanda yeah. were here. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. Look, there's nothing <laughs> wrong. I, I just, let's not overthink this, right? Like, let's just go with our guy. Just Kyle. I would say Kyle. All day. Okay, great. Who's very I, nice too. Like they're, totally they're, 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 they're down to earth, right? Maybe because yeah. it's not, they're down to earth. And I love that they're hustling. And I, I you know, I, I mean, we know that all the housewives are hustling dear god but uh, there's something about them where it's it's incredibly relatable i just i i love that show i love that show did you watch winter house i did that I was not it was as good. great you, you it didn't was, like it as much? i i liked it because it was still them but i think there's something aesthetically just more pleasing about everyone in swimsuits and being hot and in the pool and stuff and i i I liked the drama and I thought that there were some good storylines that they, you know, created or, or that were real. Um, but in general, Summer House was just definitely, I'm glad that it's back and it's a great season so far. I really like it. Amazing. Where do you fall? Like you referenced Erica Jane, where do you fall on the Erica Jane 
which I, I don't think we're going to have a season of Erica. I think it's going to be a whole different thing this next season. I, I think mean, you're right. Yeah. I think, well, I think that the other housewives don't like giving the spotlight too much to Erica, you know? So, so they need to, you know, I think they need to kill someone to, <laughs> to outshine Erica. We have a home invasion. We had yeah. a home invasion. I mean, the one of like three so far of the cast, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be all Erica. I do believe that now that the dust is kind of settled, that Erica didn't know anything. I think she knew that he was going to be arrested or running out of money, and that's why she left. So that's why that timing worked out the way that it did. But Rich women, if they're if they're housewives and they just and their cards aren't getting declined, they don't care. They don't really care. They don't and care. That, that's the that's the long and the short of it. People are like, how could they not have known all these victims? She didn't know. I guarantee you, she did not know. And do you think, like, look, I think we're already a little bit over it, right? Like people are talking about other things now. Like you said, Mary and Jen. And I mean, yeah. Do you think Erica's going to have that? Because really, it didn't seem like it. I mean, everyone, people, it wasn't like 60%. It was like 99.9% want Erica, like, hung out to dry. Yeah. But that's how the the social media also Mm -hmm. press thing kind of works. Like, they're like, who is this woman? Oh, she's a 50-year-old pop star. And she's married to this guy who's 40 years older than her or whatever. And like she's causing drama and being fabulous. And and I think that they have to tear her down and they're tearing her down. And then I think they're going to build her back up. So I I think think it's just these, it's just this life cycle thing. Yeah. Well, you don't think Erica knew anything. What do you think about Jen Shaw? I think she fucking knew what Stu was doing. You know, I think they shared a laptop and I, I, I believe that she will get off because all rich people get off that's just how the thing works if people are like she's going to be behind bars or like free Jen Shaw she's not going anywhere um but I do believe that she knew everything but covered her own ass because I actually feel like that Shaw shocker the ABC thing about her she's incredibly smart and incredibly hardworking, and I do believe that she knew going with her business that she knew how to find the legal loopholes that would, uh, that, that made her a lot of money or enough money that she could rent a bunch of jewelry and clothes in the house. But I don't think she would, she actually, I think she protected herself from actually being incriminated. I do. You do. I mean, it almost makes sense because she is so kind of like Erica. They're so unwaveringly sure of their stance of like, yeah. I am innocent. So yeah you would think something would crack if you really went to bed and you're like, oh shit, like I pulled this off another day. But if you really are like, no, I'm positive, I'm innocent, you're more confident, right? You and me saying we're positive, we're innocent is because we're, you know, of sound mind and body. (laughs) She is bipolar at at the very least. So if she's she's like, I'm innocent, I'm sure she believes she's innocent, which is why uh, maybe on camera, it's like, comes off as honest. You know, I swear on my kids. If people are swearing on their kids, they they did whatever they're swearing on their kids they didn't do. Right. You're like, that's like the telltale sign. Totally. What about, you mentioned Lisa Barlow. You said, you know, you put her on the thirst train of like someone who would jump off the bridge. She's before. producing the show. She's producing the show. She's pulling strings and she's bringing on, you know, like Cameron. She's bringing people on to cause drama because she knows what she's doing. 
I think like, you know, like I said, with the, the drag race, people who were raised on drag race, she was raised on housewives. And so she signed up knowing it's, I feel like Salt Lake City, my friend Carrie O'Donnell posted this on Twitter and I really agree. It is the most self-aware mm-hmm. of the franchises because all of those women like Whitney and Heather, they wanted to be a housewife so badly. And I'm, so I'm sure when they heard they were coming to Salt Lake City. They, I mean, they were going to get on the show no matter what. And they're going to stay on no matter what. I agree. I said this right from the beginning. That was my problem with like, especially like Jen Shaw. Before all this, just in the beginning, I'm like, this is so self-produced. Like, you know yes. what you're doing. You're, you're having a mental breakdown over like a grape. I love it like, when they're crying, but no tears. You know I mean? Yeah. They yeah. have the cry face and they keep it for like, but there are no tears. And that's just, you're trying to do what you can do because they're not actors. Um, but you know, when Kyle Richards cries, she's really crying. So, I mean, kudos to the ones that can actually do it. You know, who else do you put on the Lisa Barlow, like thirst train from other franchises that will just, this is it. This is, yeah. I mean- well, Ky- Kyle is definitely on there. I mean, I think we all know Vanderpump uh did it too much which actually got her in trouble and that's why she left the show because she was pulling the strings for years and then finally when she was asked to answer for it she was like okay I'm not coming back Vanderpump Rules is a huge hit and I have my restaurants and you know and I hope she comes back but I don't know if she will but but that's her for sure on Roni I I don't know I think that Luann would like to think of herself as a puppet string puller but I don't think she has the skill set even though I love Luann I think Dorinda starts shit in her sleep like she doesn't know how not to be combative (laughs) Um, uh, yeah I don't know who else Uh, oh oh Marisol on Miami she knows what she's doing this is my first season I haven't I didn't watch it when it was originally on I've only been watching the Peacock season so you didn't know like anyone's yes She's a 100. Good. The rumor is just from knowing all these people. I mean, rumor is she hired a speechwriter for her one-liners when she sipped her drink and that, you know, whatever she's Love saying, that. that that's the rumor. So Love that. having that's an interesting perspective considering you didn't watch it back then. No, yeah. Marisol needs a little bit of water. I would 100% agree. <laughs> she's and and let's not forget the the ultimate uh is Rena. Uh, you know, she will hang Denise Richards, her actual friend for 20 years out to dry. If it, if it provides her with a storyline, there is just nothing. She, she will whore out her daughters forever. If it'll help her own social media following there, there is just nothing Lisa won't do. And and to me that it's, I mean, it's iconic. It really is. (laughs) So that's, I was just going to ask you, like, is that disgusting? Like you've ruined your friendship with like this amazing Denise wild things, Richards or Denise fucking Richards. And I think is this like iconic. Yeah. You saw my movie. So you know how much Denise Richards informed you know, not only my film, but just, just me as a person, as, as she did for many gay men, I still think that Lisa, because Denise is going to be fine. And I don't think, and again, like other people, I don't think Denise needed the show. She was always doing Lifetime movies or Christmas films or her soap opera. She she didn't need the show like the other ladies needed the show. And so I really, uh, and probably Lisa sensed that. 
and use that against her because she knew that Denise wouldn't put up the same kind of fight or try and stir up the same amount of drama. And Denise is someone like, to your point, like as an actress, great, that helps. But like, I just, she just doesn't have that gene. Like she didn't really, cause she is Denise Richards. She doesn't need to study housewives. She's just like, all right, it's a reality show. Give me my million dollars or whatever. Right? I'm and Denise I think she, fucking Richards, Kyle, you know, like, and she said it on the show. She's like, I've been on all of the magazines. I've been on all the covers of the magazines that these women would die to be on the cover of. And she's the right. Best line. It's the best line. Cause it's true. So I, I, I think that Lisa was jealous of that, frankly. And, you know, it's, I mean, Denise Richards was a Bond girl. Like, she doesn't need to be a housewife. She's iconic. Yeah. So in the thing, the, you know, you got married, you got to have a lot of things exciting has happened in your life. But where <laughs> does this bartending on watch, like, where does that, you bartended on watch what yes. happens. I was, they, a bartend, you know, I was a bartender on watch what happens live. I, I, Forget what I said about Vanderpump Rules. Ariana was the absolute coolest. I, I, I'm not as much of a Southern charm head as other people are, but I obviously knew Craig and they were all, they were in the two chairs while I was at the bar. And, you know, my best friend in New York, Alex, he came with me and was, and was my guest. And, and there are a lot of people that work on the show that, you know, um, that I tweet with all the time, uh, you know, on Twitter all day. And we just make each other laugh. And they were like, ah, you're good. You're like, you're the guest. That's crazy. And Andy was so nice. And I, I will say that I was so hammered that it was a miracle that I stood up for the entire show because they kept refilling my drink because I guess it's like a prop. So they wanted to be full and I was like, you know, I'm going to go a little nuts. I'm going to have a tequila pineapple, which if I'm having a tequila pineapple, like it's on. And they just, they kept coming back with another completely full tequila pineapple. And I literally almost fell over. Yeah. <laughs> That's the rumor of what happens when you're on Watch What Happens. Yeah. It's genuinely like, it, it is the feeling that uh, they say it is where it's meant to be like a party at Andy's house. And you know, you're just kind of like drunk and loose and you don't know what you might say. And, and I was just happy with the questions that he asked me that I was able to get out a, a controlled answer to them all. Yeah. Leading up to it, like, did you know who you're like, did you know it was going to be Ariana and Craig in the chairs or were you I like knew, asking? Yes. Yeah, I knew uh, it was, I think it was a Wednesday night and I knew that Sunday who, who cause they listed the guests for the whole, the whole week. And my, my girlfriend's uh, I'm on a group chat, you know, all we do is talk about housewives. When I told them <laughs> I was going to be on Watch Babin's Live, they, they were like, Am, are we flying to New York? Like, like what, how, how, how can we be a part of this? Like, this is better than getting an Oscar. This is absolutely insane. And then they were like, oh my God, Ariana and Craig. And I believe one of my girlfriends started calling me crying. Like it was, it was, it was a true glitch in the matrix and it was completely surreal. It really was. Now on a scale from one to 10, like one being not at all and 10 being a lot, you know, either before or after, how much did Andy hit on you in the <laughs> ring room behind? Um, well, I, you know, I had uh, two people with me the whole time and Andy was really sweet to me and I feel like he gets a really bad rap. So he never made me feel uncomfortable. Um, and uh, I, I just really loved hanging out with him. I really did. He's a wonderful person. I think he works really hard. He was asking me about questions about the movie in between commercial breaks to make sure that he said 
you know, got the facts right and stuff. And I don't know that I, I, so uh, he, he, I feel like he hit on me in, in a certain way, but in not in a way where like, I was like rolling my eyes or anything and, but maybe someone told him that I just got married. And so maybe he wasn't gonna, you know, I don't know. <laughs> just, I was just going to say, maybe it's because he knew you were married or maybe, you know. I, I mean, you know, he's adorable. And I also think he's really, I think he's really attractive. I, he, you know, he works out a lot. I, I like when he had that beard and the longer hair and COVID, I think he's very sexy. So I, you know, to me, it, uh, it was, it, I, I was very flattered that he paid attention to me at all. Well, listen, the next time you go back, you'll be sitting in one of the chairs now that the estate <laughs> is out. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're working on the next movie. So hopefully it'll come out soon enough where the shows that I'm keeping up with will still be on the air and the similar cast. And so, yeah. What is the next movie you're working on? Well, I, I will say that the estate is a dark, twisted comedic thriller I usually write comedy, straight straight ahead comedy. So my next movie that is in uh, production, right? it's in pre-production right now. So who knows when we'll shoot it, but still with COVID and all these different protocols and stuff, but it is a straight ahead rom-com. And uh, it, it's about a gay couple and a straight couple and the hijinks that they get into as, as they try to pursue romance and horribly, horribly fail. And it's, it's surrounding a wedding and I'm just so, so, so proud of it. And my co-writer, uh, Jared Grody and I are, are just like with the estate, we kind of wrote the movie that we wanted to see, which was a romantic comedy starring a gay guy that wasn't about being gay. It wasn't about the closet. It's not about, you know, uh, being persecuted or being a victim. It's about just finding love and, and trying to keep love and yeah. I'm really proud of it. Being a whole self-actualized person who, oh, by the way, I'm gay. Can you imagine? Like, right. Can you I, imagine? <laughs> shocking <laughs> that like, it's not your main story. It's a little bit of your backstory and that's it. Yeah. Do you want to star in this next movie or are you going to? I I would love to, again, like with the estate, uh, if some big star were to come along and be like, this is the role for me. And, and I, you know, I can get this made at this big place for this big price. Uh, it would be a conversation, but I, I wrote the role with me in mind. So we'll see. I love her. And before we go, is there any show or show from Bravo past? Like, what do you think like should come back? You know, we have Miami back. If you, or is there Oh, any, any dead Bravo shows that yeah. should become undead? I, mean, I have a couple or at least two at the top of my head. Oh gosh. I don't know. Like, uh... Because there's a lot. You remember the days when Bravo used to have new shows all the time? Do you all remember the those time. days? Oh, well. <laughs> and I, I would love Bethany Ever After to come back. <laughs> yeah. She has a new boyfriend. Yeah, that, that could work. Yeah, that HBO Max show was not good. I, I watched every episode and that was not a good show. She belongs in a setting where she can make fun of people. And I would really love to see her do that. Bethany yeah. is, I watched, you right, same thing. I'm like, I'm not not going to watch this show that Bethany is on where it's called, yeah. you know, it's about Bethany and like, I would, I'll, I'll. She's not a game show host. She's no. not, a, you know, that, and that's what that was. It was The Apprentice, but with Bethany, what she needs to be doing is, is a lifestyle show about causing drama with friends. And I think she finally understands that. I think that when she was first on the show, she was like, oh, I'm this shit and I'm a star, I should have a talk show. The talk show didn't work out. And then she was like, 
oh, I'm still the shit. I brought up the ratings. Now I can go off and do my own thing. And I always wanted to be, be a mogul and be a business person. So I should have an apprentice show. That also didn't work out. And so now I think she finally has reckoned with her demon, which is, oh God, I got to be around a bunch of annoying people. She's great at the one-liners. Like you talk about, you would cause havoc on a TV show. Like yeah. she just knows she has that gene. She just gets it. She yeah. just knows. Did you ever watch Shark Tank when she was on? I mean, it's a great yes. show anyway. She was fantastic on Shark Tank. Fantastic right? on Shark Tank. Yeah. She, I mean, her fighting with Mark Cuban or Mr. Wonderful, like that's just, that's good TV. She's, she's a barker. She should bark at people, but not bark at contestants that are dying to work with her. Right. She needs to bark at the equals. You know what I mean? Totally. It's very important. I don't know what went wrong, but I mean, where is Bethany on Shark Tank? Like we have, you know, all these yeah, other people coming I'm sure back. she'll come back. I'm sure she'll come back. I also think that uh, she she's in COVID, you know, at home with her daughter. Yeah. And she's doing her podcast, which I, I'm, I'm sure is doing really well. I haven't really listened to it. Um, or I haven't listened to it since it came out with Hillary Clinton. And I was like, I have to hear this conversation between these two people. Um, but I, I think that she probably would do it. And I think that they know that she's great for the show. So. And mind you, I don't think you and I should worry about Bethany and like, is, is she okay? And does she have enough work? Yeah. And how are things going? But I'm and just also saying. she, she's going to be on TV again, you know, yeah. she's going to be on TV again. We just, we won't, we may not know what shape that'll take. Well, everyone needs to watch the estate. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Thank you. Amazing cast. Where it's on Hulu you- right now. Right now. A, yes. Or if you don't have Hulu, which is, which is really rare, uh, you know, uh, for, 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 you know, housewives, Bravo heads, uh, it is available on Apple and I, uh, Apple iTunes and on Amazon. And it's even available to rent on YouTube. But if you have Hulu, it's included with your subscription. And it's one of the top picks of right now. So it may be on your homepage if you're looking around or clicking through or whatever. But if not, it's just called The Estate. And you could find it on Hulu anytime. It's the cast is great. You're great. It was loved it. You know, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you that wants to follow you? I am on Twitter and Instagram uh, at Baker C Baker do like the monkey. And I am not on TikTok yet. And people keep telling me to join, but I'm kind of scared that it'll become my full time. I'm on my phone enough. You know what I mean? But uh, I, yeah, it's just Instagram and Twitter for now at Baker C Baker do. I get it. I'm not on TikTok either. And I'm not so sure that it's like, I, I, uh, I don't need another thing to go down the dark. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, exactly. If you can give me the 25th hour in the day. Absolutely. But, <laughs> well, everyone needs to follow you. Come back anytime. We'll have to have you back to like, you know, when the shows come on and your new movie. Yes. Just, thank you so much. You could be like a regular commentator. So but. I am always up to talk about Bravo. I talk about it with literally random people while I'm walking my dog and I'm always up to date, very probably sadly, I'm always very up to date on all the shows. So it means a lot to me uh, to, to hear that. And, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you. Congratulations with the success of the movie and keep in touch. Thank you. I'll talk Bye. to you later. Sounds Bye. good. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.